here trying to help you. I'm here to give you what it took me 30, 30 years in ministry to get. Amen. All right, now let's get right into 1 Timothy. Because in 1 Timothy, we're going to get our subject for today. We're in volume 2, Understanding God's Vision, which is the same as understand the will of the Lord. The will of the Lord is God's vision. Okay, now uh, let's go to 1 Timothy, because that's what we're going to talk about today. And we're going to give a shout out to Mother Love, Mother Patricia Love down in Southfield, Michigan this morning. Uh, she called in with a question. And I'm just going to answer her this morning while we minister in the Word. Praise God. Love your mother. Love all my mothers out there. Praise God. All right. All you having birthdays, we want to say good morning. Happy birthday this, this month for you in October. All right. Happy birthday. And all happy anniversaries, all of you out there. Thank God for the body of Christ. Thank for all of those persons out there as a part of the Dual Faith family. But we don't want to never forget to pray and thank God for the body of Christ. All right, you are, you are our sisters and brothers out there. All right, now we're going to go to 1 Timothy, uh, where we're going to get today's teaching. 1 Timothy chapter number 2, and we're going to be looking at the first seven verses. So we're going to go right into this. Matter of fact, uh, uh, we're going to read out the King James, the first seven verses. It says, 1 Timothy chapter number 2 uh, and verse 1. 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 1. And that's where we're going to start off at. 1 Timothy uh, chapter number 2 verse 1. I exhort therefore that first of all supplications and prayers and intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all goodness, or godliness, I'm sorry, and honesty. For this is God, this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved. And, watch this, to come to the knowledge of the truth. God willed that all men be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit. For there is one God, there is one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all. Christ gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Whereunto I am a Dane, a preacher, an apostle, I speak the truth, Paul says. I speak the truth in Christ and I lie not. A teacher of the Gentiles in faith and verity. I will therefore that men everywhere, pray everywhere, he said, lifting up holy hands and without wrath and doubting. So it's, he's teaching about prayer, and he's praying for all those in authority. So we are talking again on pray that all men will be saved. Now that's what we want to be able to say to this morning. Pray that all men will be saved. That's what you got to do. Your responsibility, what is the will of God? So when you see people not saved, you just can't say they go to church. You know, they have no interest in the will of God. They don't care nothing about what you're saying. Pray that they be saved. That's what you got to do. And that, they, and that the Holy Spirit, when I say saved, I'm talking about they'll receive the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit from that time on will convict them, convince them, I'm sorry, convince them. And that convert them. All that will take place by the Holy Ghost. He does it all. All right. Now, what I want to do, I want to give you our subject again because I got to get right into God's word. Uh, uh, we talk about pray that all men be saved, but we gave it this morning uh, in Second Thessalonians chapter two. Let's go back there, Second Thessalonians chapter two, and we showed you something in Second Thessalonians chapter two, because in Second Thessalonians it's, it's talking about the day of Christ. Now, the Second Thessalonians is a continuation of what Jesus promised. All right. So people that asking Jesus Christ, when, was, when is he coming again? All right. Now, let's do something first. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 24. Let's just take time and do that today. Matthew 24. So when you talk about Thessalonians, you have to know what we're talking about. I'm going to teach on 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 uh, in a moment. But let's go back to Matthew chapter 24. Let's go to verse 1. Matthew 24, 1. So we're going to show you 
Remember Thessalonians, we gave it in Acts chapter 17, that the people in Thessalonians are Jews. All right, now watch who God made his promises. So that's one thing you got to be very careful of, who God made his promise to. So we're waiting on Matthew chapter 24 and verse 1. Okay, there we go. It says, and Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples now came to him privately and said, show us the building of the temple. And Jesus said to them, Remember, Jesus talking to the disciples. He said to them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say to you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, remember, this is what he said to them. So you can't take that and bring it all the way over into Paul's gospel and say he's talking to us. See, see that's where you make a mistake at. He's not talking to you. He's talking to the Jewish believer. And watch what he's going to say to them. And verse number three again. He said upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privily saying, tell us, watch this, when shall these things be? First of all, it's when. Tell us when shall these things be. And second, what? Tell us when and what? Tell us when shall these things be? Tell us what shall be the sign of your coming? And then, when is the end of the world? So he's, he's asking, when, are the, when shall this be? What shall be the sign of your coming? When will be the end of the world? See? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. He's talking to the, the, the Jews. Many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. All right? Now, Watch what it says. And you shall hear wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled. All these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. So he added the end in there. So he said he's coming, but it's going to be at the end. All right. Now, let's go on. Let's go on. He gave you a couple more. And let's go back. Let's go and show you that in verse 13. Let's skip down to verse 13. I'll give you one or two more. He's telling them when he's coming. He's going to come at the end. The end of what? The end of that dispensation. The end of the age. Matthew chapter 24 and verse 13. Watch what it says. But he that shall endure to the end. Remember, that's when he's going to come back for them. The same shall be saved. Where? When he come back at the end. The end of the old covenant. The end of the old dispensation. That's why Paul, in Paul's ministry, he was in a new dispensation, which is called the dispensation of grace. Verse 14, then he told you something. This gospel, what gospel, pastor? The gospel of Christ? No. This gospel of the kingdom. Well, what gospel is that? That's the gospel that Jesus preached. See, when you read Matthew chapter number 3, you see Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom. Matthew chapter 4, I'm sorry. In verse 23, Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom. So he said, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached. Watch this, in all the world. Now, all the world at that time was talking about the promised land. He wasn't talking about Pontiac. Wasn't no Pontiac. He was talking about the promised land. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world. Watch this, for witness. Now, he's telling you the gospel of the kingdom will be a witness. That's why they had to preach the gospel of the kingdom. This gospel of the kingdom shall be a witness under all nations, and watch this, and then shall the end come. End going to come when? When the gospel of the kingdom is preached. Well, who preached the gospel of the kingdom, Pastor? Jesus Christ preached the gospel of the kingdom. Peter preached the gospel of the kingdom. John preached the gospel of the kingdom. Even Paul preached the gospel of the kingdom to the Jewish believer. Let's say it again. The gospel of the kingdom was preached to the Jewish believer. What's another word for the gospel of the kingdom? The gospel of peace. Why? Because Romans 14, 17, we're going to go to that. Romans 14, 17 told us that the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. Romans 14, 17. The kingdom of God not meat and drink, but he told you three things that the kingdom is. So if, if Peter was preaching the kingdom, what was he preaching? Righteousness, peace, Joy and the Holy Ghost. That's what they preached, the gospel of the kingdom. All right? Now, what did Paul preach? 
Paul preached the gospel of Christ. Now, let's show you the two differences, then we're going to go to work here. All right? Because these are totally two different gospels, and that's why in Matthew he talked about the gospel of the kingdom. Well, Jesus told them he was going to come at the end. But this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world, and then shall the end come. All right? Now, when Jesus rose from the dead, let, let's just progress. Let's go to Acts chapter 1. Let just, let's just slow walk here. Acts chapter 1. What did Jesus preach after he rose from the dead? Acts chapter 1, verse 1, 2, and 3. Acts chapter 1, verse 1, 2, 3. Watch what Jesus preached. Verse 1 says, The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach until the day he was taken up. And after that, through the Holy Ghost, he had given commandment to the apostles that he had chosen, to whom he had showed himself alive after his passion, after his suffering, by many in front of a proofs, being seen of them, watch this, 40 days. So he was seen of them 40 days. Don't forget that. But watch what he, he was still preaching. And speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Why was he doing this? Because that's the message to the Jewish believer of the church of God at that time was the gospel of the kingdom. Now, watch what they're going to say to him. They're going to ask him, let's keep going. Verse 4, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem. So we know where they were. But wait for the promise of the Father, which says, He, you have heard of me. John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Now, Jesus is telling the disciples, Now you already been water baptized. Now you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then verse 6 says, And when they therefore will come together, they ask of him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore, watch this, again the kingdom? That's what their message was about. To Israel. The gospel of the kingdom was to Israel. He said to them, It is not for you to know the time or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power, but you shall receive power. Watch this. You're going to receive power after the Holy Ghost is come. Watch this up on you. And you shall be witnesses. So the Holy Ghost came upon them, and they were witnesses to, to him both in Jerusalem, all Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth. Paul ministers not about the Holy Ghost coming on you. Paul ministers about the Holy Ghost coming in, into your soul. The Holy Ghost come in you and live. Take up residence. You become the very temple of God. All right. Now, let, let, let's give it understanding. Uh, let's keep reading. Verse 9 says, And when he has spoken these things, we are in Acts chapter 1, verse 9. When he has spoken these things, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. All right, remember now, I'm showing you he's leaving. But who is he leaving? He's leaving the Jewish people. So when he come back, where is he going to come back? Back to the same place he was taken up. Listen real good. Listen real good. When they steadfastly looked towards heaven, he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also says, you men of Galilee, not Pontiac now, Galilee. Why stand gazing up into heaven? Watch what he says. This same Jesus, he's not talking about Christ. He's talking about Christ, but Christ in the form that you can see him. Because they were looking at him. This same Jesus which is taken up from you in the heaven shall come in like manner. As you, as you have seen him go into heaven. Now listen. Now you know good and well he can't be talking to you. You have not seen him go into heaven. He was talking to those people who saw him. All right. Now let's, you and that, let's go to Revelation and see did he verify that. Let's go to Revelation. Let's see did this happen. Go to Revelation. See I'm going to be teaching on this pretty soon. Because I can see right now, you got a lot of people out there not getting no teaching. Revelation chapter 1. Watch what it says in verse 7. I'm going to wait on you. Revelation chapter 1, verse 7. Now, this is Apostle John. 
Where's John? On the island of Patmos. He's telling them what happened when he was on the island of Patmos. Revelation chapter 1. Behold, he cometh with clouds. What does the word mean, behold? Let's go, let's go to the NLT. Switch over to the NLT. What does the word behold mean? So when John was on the island of Patmos, watch what John says. On the island of Patmos. He don't use the word behold. He said, look, he comes with clouds. Wait a minute. He comes. So you're still waiting for Jesus to come because that's what some folks have told you. The book of Revelation says in verse 7, put it up there again. He comes with clouds of heaven. He comes. Everyone will see him. Even those, watch this, don't drop your cup. Even those which pierce him. Now, who pierced him? You're a student. While Jesus was on the mount, on the cross, a man grabbed the sword and pierced him in his side. Who was that guy? He was a Roman soldier. He was a Roman soldier. But watch what Jesus says. When he come, even them who pierced him will see him. And all nations of the world will mourn for him. Now, all nations of the world, all nations is, is Israel. Israel is going to mourn. You can read the scripture to tell you that. Israel is going to mourn, Right? That's what you got to understand. See, if you search the word, you will be able to see, find that. You can find that. All Israel going to mourn. And then it was Israel, it was the Romans who pierced him. See, so if you, now, if you're waiting for that to happen, if you're waiting for Jesus to come back, then that means that, that Roman soldier got to be now, what, 2,000 years old? As a matter of fact, Jesus died in AD 30. And then we are in uh, 2030s coming up. That'll be 2,000 years. You think that man's still here? No. See, you, 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 you listen to people who don't know. And then what you're doing, you're basically salvation. Now, let's go to Thessalonians. Let's go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Now, when you go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, we're going to read... Three different verses. Second Thessalonians chapter number two. We're going to start off there, but we got it because we gave it this morning, so we got to move on. Second Thessalonians chapter two. And we want to go over and read three verses. That's verse 10, 12, and 13. Well, let's read 10 through 13. 10 through 13. 10 through 13. Now watch what they say. We, we, we're in the King James. We're okay. If you're in the King James, it's okay. And uh, it says, And with all deceivedness of unrighteousness in them that perish, watch why they perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. They didn't receive the love of the truth. Now remember, this is the truth right here. Remember I gave you this morning, Matthew chapter 28. They said they paid soldiers saying they stole Jesus' body. That's Matthew 28. You read that. They paid them to say they stole Jesus' body. So people began to go out and lie and say he didn't rise from the dead. His disciple came and stole his body away. Now you have a lot of more things on top of that. Some people tell you, yeah, he went away. What the Bible says he went away. Well, if he went away in the book of Acts, that means he had to rise from the dead, right? Those people who lied and says they stole his body, watch what Jesus did. He didn't leave the 40 days later. We read you that in Acts chapter 1, verse 3. But then I showed you in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that he was seen. 1 Corinthians chapter, can you put that on the screen, whatever one you got right now? 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we're going to look at verse 5 through 8. See, I always read 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1 through 4. He died, buried, and raised again from the dead. But watch, the, watch, watch this. And that he was seen. 
See, watch all them time he's going to say seen. He was seen of Peter, and then he was seen of the twelve. And then after that, in verse, he said, after that, he was seen above 500 brothers at one time. Of which the greater part remain until this present. Some, some have fallen asleep. So when Paul wrote that, he said, well, some of the people have passed away. But he said, listen, and after that, he was seen of James. Now, why did they kill James? Why did they cut his head off? Because he was a witness of the resurrection. So if they killed Peter, at that time, they didn't want anybody to say anything about Jesus because he was risen from the dead and people would believe on him and be saved. So they killed James. And then, then he was seen again of all the apostles. And then the Bible, Paul said, at least he was seen of me. Paul said, I saw him also as one born of due, out of due time. So all these people saw the Lord. Now, why would Jesus make sure that everybody would see him? And then Acts chapter 1, verse 1 through 3, he stayed 40 days, and then he was taken up. A cloud received him out of this sight. And then he told them that he was going to come back. Now, here's what I said to you this morning. If you're believing, still believing, after 2,000 years, that Jesus is still coming back, then you're not believing, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, because I'm going to show you when Jesus Christ would come back, he would destroy the devil. And you, if you say he's not, let's, let's look at that out of the NLT. We're going to do 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. We're going to read verse 10 through verse 14 out of the NLT. We'll wait till you get there. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And we're going to read verse 10 through verse 14 out of NLT. Now, if you don't believe Jesus came back, you don't believe this. See, what happened is you're not believing the truth because people are lying to you about being saved by water baptism, eating the bread off the table, get rid of sin, wash your feet, sanctification. I mean, all that stuff you're believing. That's what's happening to you. You're not believing the truth. And you've got to believe the truth to be saved. Do you hear what I'm saying? You've got to believe the truth to be saved. Here we go. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 10 out the NLT. He will use every kind of deception. Now this is, this is the Antichrist. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse number 10. He will use every kind of evil deception to fool those who are on their way to destruction. This is what he say when Antichrist come. This is what he would do. And then in verse number is 10, it says, and because they refused to love and accept the truth that would save them. They refused to love and accept the truth that would save them. Now, if the truth is the only thing that would save them, then why would you say you got to be baptized in water to be saved? Can anybody understand what I'm saying? All right. He will use every kind of evil deception to fool those on their way to destruction because they refuse to love and they accept the love of the truth. Why would they say it? They accept the truth that will save them. So God will send them great, God will cause them to be greatly deceived and they will believe those lies then they will be condemned for enjoying evil rather than believing the truth. So you're saved by believing the truth. You want to understand that that's why I'm preaching this message today. Pray that all men be saved. You're going to do that? You need to pray that all men will come to the knowledge of the truth. See, until, until you believe the cross, you can't be saved. I'm telling you, people are lying to you, telling you you're saved through water baptism. You're going to die and go to hell. You believe in a lie. You believe in a lie. Verse 11. God going God to cause them to be greatly deceived. They will be those because they believe those lies. Then they will be condemned for enjoying evil rather than believing the truth. Verse 13. As for us, we can't help but thank God for you, dear brothers and sisters, loved by the Lord. We are always thankful that God chose you to be among the first to experience salvation, a salvation that comes through the Spirit 
if this salvation, God's salvation, come through the Spirit to make us holy and through your belief in the truth. Once again, that's how you be saved. The Holy Ghost sanctifies you when he comes inside. It's because you believe the truth. And the verse 14 says, he called you to salvation. Now remember, that's why I told you last two or three weeks, you can't be putting your faith in Romans 10, 9 and 10 because Romans 10, 9 and 10 is not talking about he called you. Romans 10, 9 and 10, if you read that down to verse 13, it says, whosoever shall call, that means you doing the calling. Whosoever shall call in the name of the Lord shall be saved. Listen, what Paul teaches is not God calling you, but it's not you calling on the Lord, but God calling you. Two different things. All right? Through belief in the truth, he called you, verse 14, he called you to salvation when we told you the good news. Now you can share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. All right, now, I gave you that this morning to get us caught up, but let's go to work because now since I got there, we got a lot to do. We got a lot to do. So let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Now in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we want to look at verse 3 and 4. Those verses especially. 2 Corinthians, whether you're in NLT or King James, I'm okay. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4. So you got to understand, you're saved by the gospel. You're not saved. All this other stuff that people are telling you, that's not your salvation. They lie to you, they have been deceived, and they're going to deceive you if you're not already. All right. We're in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. But if our gospel, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 out of the King James, but if our gospel be hid, watch this, it is hid to them that are lost. Now, if you can't believe the cross to be saved, what is that telling you? You lost. If you can't believe God can save you by the cross, God saved you by the cross, when you believe in his death, burial, and resurrection, he'll give you the Holy Spirit. You can't believe that, then you are lost. You're still lost. Following man. But then it says, but if our gospel be here, it's here to them that are lost. Watch how you got lost. In whom the little G-O-D, little G-O-D of this world has blinded the minds of them which, watch this, believe not. Those people who don't believe the God of this world blinds your mind. How did he do it? He did it with religion and tradition of men. I'm showing you how he did it. He did it with water baptism. He did it with foot washing. He did it with bread on the table. See, you still got you doing stuff in the Old Testament that can't save you. He did it with works. So that's why Paul said, pray that all men will be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. You can't be saved, you cannot be saved until you believe the truth. All right, that, that's 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and verse 4 says, In whom the God of this world, little g of this world, has blinded the minds of them who believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, who shine, should shine unto them. Paul said in verse 5, we preach not ourselves, Watch what Paul preached. But we preach Christ. But we preach not ourselves, but Christ. We preach Jesus the Lord. And I say of the servant for Christ's sake. So he preached Christ to the Gentiles. He preached Jesus, Lord, to the Jews. And verse 6 says, For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge. Watch what he said. The light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Then in verse 7, we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of ourselves. So that's what we have to understand. God put his word in Paul, and Paul's responsibility is make sure people come to the knowledge of the truth. I gave you that this morning. I'm just going back. We left off. Let's go to Galatians chapter 3, verse 1. Just one verse. Galatians chapter 3, verse 1. Paul is going to 
get on these brothers. He said, look, oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? See, they, they had got them away from the truth. They had gotten away from the truth. How they do it? Religion, tradition of men. People, had come, people came to them and preached to them the law. And they left the gospel of Christ and went back to the law. So Paul says, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth, crucified among you. You saw Jesus Christ crucified. You saw him raised from the dead. You saw him after he rose from the dead, and still you go believe something else. Paul told him in Galatians chapter 5. Let's go to Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. We're going to look at the first seven verses. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1 through 7. See, this thing is already laid out, man, but you got to believe the truth. That's why people tell you about water baptism, because that's not the truth. The truth is, Christ died for our sins. He was buried in God and raised from the dead. And he's alive forevermore. That's the truth. See, there are a lot of things that's true, but it's not the truth. I'm going to get into that in a moment. I'm going to show you what the truth is. I'm going to give you a definition for the truth after a while. Uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty. Now, why would he tell him to stand fast? In the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. Wait a minute. If Christ made you free, why am I baptizing you with water? Will somebody talk to me? If Christ made you free, why do you need to be baptized with water in Jesus' name to get free? Paul said to them, stand fast therefore in the liberty. Be not entangled again, whilst he told them what it was, with the yoke of bondage. Wonder what that yoke of bondage was. It was the law. But we got people who do not think that water baptism was under the law. It was. John baptized with water. John was under the law. John baptized Jesus under the law. And people are yet baptized with water under the law, and they're still washing feet in the church under the law, trying to get sanctified. And they're still taking the bread off the table to get rid of their sins. And they're telling me not to fuss. You're causing me to fuss. I don't want to see you deceived. Watch what the words say. Paul says in verse 1, stand fast in the liberty. Galatians 5 and 1. Wherewith Christ has made us free. Don't be a tangle again with the yoke of honey. You don't think Paul fussing? Did you hear what Paul told him in Galatians chapter 1? Oh, foolish Galatians. You think he says, oh, foolish Galatians. I don't think so. In verse 2, Paul says, Behold, I, Paul, said to you, If you be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. These brothers still think they had to be circumcised after they were saved by the cross. That's why people today, they think they got to be water baptized. They, after you're saved by the cross, then you got to go get water baptized again. That's what we messed up at. If Christ saved you, then he the one saved you. What you being baptized in water for? Get saved again? Get saved for real? Behold, I, Paul, say to you, that if you be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. I testify again to every man that's circumcised. He's a debtor to do the whole law, because circumcision is under the law too. Christ has become, watch this, of no effect. See, when you says, I got my, I believe Christ, death, burial, and resurrection, and then I got to go get baptized in water, you made the cross a non effect. You don't believe the cross saved you. That's what we've been doing to people all these years. People come into church and can't get saved. Let me say it again. When I tell you to be saved by the cross, and then you come home and say, I was saved today by the cross. And next week I said, I got to baptize your water in Jesus' name. What am I doing? 
I'm making the cross of none effect. I'm, I'm causing the person not to put their faith in the cross to be saved. So you know what they're going to tell mom and daddy when I go home? Mom, I'm going to get baptized Sunday. Well, you don't, you don't think they were saved when they put their faith in the cross, Christ, death, burial, and resurrection? Sure they were. But then the church turned around and tell them they got to be baptized in water in Jesus' name to be saved. Now, one of you lying. Let me give you a clue. God is not a liar. So one of you lying. Okay. Galatians chapter 5. Verse number three says, I testify again to every man that circumcised, he's a debtor to do the whole law. Christ is become of non effect to you, whosoever is justified by the law. All right? So he didn't put water baptism there. He didn't put circumcision. He said, You're made right by the law. Now, what is that saying? When you say you're made right by what you did, you are made right because of what you did. And that's what people are saying. I was water baptized, that's how I got the Holy Ghost. I was water baptized, that's how I got saved. You are saying you were saved by water baptism. I want you to go to the NLT, and we're going to do that same thing, Galatians 5, 1 through verse number 7. See, see what happened here, what's going on is there are people who want to be saved, but they end up going to the wrong church, hear the wrong message. That's how there have been people came here. People came here believing Christ, death, burial, resurrection. Go somewhere else where they believe in water baptism. You just left the, you just left the cross. You just left God's way of being saved. Well, I'm, I know, Pastor, I know they believe in water baptism to be saved. Well, that's where you at. Now you made the cross of none effect. They don't believe in the cross to be saved. They believe in water baptism to be saved. You better ask somebody. All right, Galatia, chapter 5 out of the NLT. Let me make sure I'm here. Galatia, chapter 5. And verse number one of NLT. So Christ has truly set us free. Wait a minute. If he set me free, why I need water baptism? Because when you read Romans, I mean, you read John chapter 8, verse 32, 36. John 8, 32, 36. We're not going there right now. Jesus says, if the Son, we'll go there after this. King James Version, after this. John 8, 30 through 36. Write that down. Right now, we're in the NLT, Galatians 5 and verse 1. So Christ has truly set us free. Truly, glory to God. Now make sure that you stay free. Now, what is he talking about? He said, look, Christ has set you free. Now make sure you stay free. You know what people do? They go right over here to so-and-so church and get baptized in water in Jesus' name. Now, what did you just do? You didn't stay free. You just made the cross a non-effect. Otherwise, what you did, you didn't think the cross saved you. And I'm saying people are not going to tell you, they're not going to tell you Christ already came. They're going to say, Jesus is still coming. And then they're going to raise you from the dead when he get here. And then they're going to, all this other stuff. Because they don't believe the word. You know, you can be turned to an unbelieving church. You can go to church and they can turn you into an unbeliever. Twice. Okay, we are in the NLT. We are reading verse 1 again. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. So Christ has set us free. Now make sure you stay free. Don't get tied up again in the slavery of the law. Don't get tied up again in the slavery of the law. What do you think people do? They go right out and get baptized in water in Jesus' name after they came to the cross. See, I made that mistake. God forgive me for all of those people I did like that. 
They were, I will preach Christ for them to receive Christ. They'll come right here and they receive Christ in their heart. Then I turn around and baptize them in water in Jesus' name. Now, which one saved them? They were saved by the cross. So I apologize. God forgive me for all the people that I baptized with water. You were saved at the cross. Christ saved you. Verse 2. We're in the NLT. Verse 2. Paul said, now listen. I, Paul, tell you this, because if you count on circumcision to make you right with God, then Christ will be no benefit to you. See, if you, if you count on water baptism to make you right with God, Christ will be no benefit to you. Then he's going to say it again. I say it again, Paul said in verse 3. If you are trying to find favor with God, by being circumcised, water baptized, foot washing, taking communion, you must obey every regulation in the whole law of Moses. If you're trying to make yourself right with God by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ. You left Christ. You've been cut off from Christ. You have been cut off from Christ. That's something. Watch what he said again. If you're trying, verse 4, Galatians 4 and 5 and 4. If you're trying to make yourself right with God by keeping the law, you've been cut off from Christ. You have fallen away from God's grace. You have left the grace of God. People have been here for years. I'm preaching you Christ, him crucified. Yeah, pastor, the Lord led me to go over here. Yeah, pastor, the Lord led me to go over yonder. Over yonder, they baptized in water in Jesus' name to be saved. Yeah, I know, pastor, but that's where the Lord led me. Now, the Lord didn't lead you to go over there. You want to go over there because you want to be a preacher. That's the truth. And you go over there to Sister So-and-So Church, she's going to make all your preachers. She'll do whatever it takes to keep all y'all. But you're not understanding your soul's at stake. You left the cross. If you get a chance, somebody preaching the cross to be saved, don't leave it. Because not many people are preaching the cross. Watch what Paul says. And verse 5, we're in, we're in the same. Galatians chapter 5, verse 5. Oh, this is so good to me. Just let me enjoy myself. Galatians 5 and 5 out the NLT. But we who are by the Spirit, Paul said we live by the Spirit, but we who live by the Spirit, we eagerly wait to receive by faith the righteousness of God he promised. For we place our faith in Christ Jesus. There's no benefit in being circumcised. Or being uncircumcised. What is important is faith expressed itself in God's love. This is God's love here in the cross. Faith in the cross. Now then he's going to say, look, you were running well. You, you were doing so good. Who, who did hinder you? Paul said, look, you were, Galatians chapter 5, you were running well. Who has held you back from following the truth? See, somebody got to tell you. Look, you didn't just didn't go over to that church. You left the cross. Somebody got to you. Yeah, child. And guess what? Probably one of those prophetic messages, them prophetic. Hey, I can see the Lord saying, child, I can see the Lord saying. Oh, yeah. You about to, you about to try to stay with the cross. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burdens of my heart roll away. You about to stay with the cross. It was there by faith. I received my sight and now I am happy all the day. It's at the cross. You about to stay with the cross. Don't worry about what other folk do. Stay, you want to put that out there. Stay with the cross. 
Don't let nobody deceive you with water baptism, circumcision, and foot washing, and bread on the table. Stay with the cross. Glory in the cross. That's how you were saved. That's how you were saved. All right, now let's move on. I got some other stuff I got to... Man, I got so much stuff for you. Thank you. Now let's go to John chapter 8 because I see I'm going to show you something uh, out of the King James Version. John chapter 8 and verse 30. John chapter 8. See, you cannot be free unless Christ sets you free. So if Christ not set you free, you're not free. Now you can say you got baptized in water and think you're free, you're not free. Christ must come in your soul. Christ must move into your house. And when that happens, it's going to set you free. You're not free until the Spirit enters the soul. When the Spirit, when God, Holy Spirit, enters your soul, He gives you life. I'm going to show you that in Romans chapter 8, verse 1. We go to that next. Write that down. Romans 8, verse 1. John chapter 8, verse 30. That's where we're at. Here it is. As He spake these words, many believed on Him. Then said Jesus, those Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word, then you're my disciples indeed. They had to continue in the word. Why? Because Paul coming next. That's what you got to understand. They had to continue in the word because they're going to have to go to Paul. Jesus preaching the, the revelation. Jesus preaching the mystery of the kingdom. But there's going to come another man after me whose name is Apostle Paul. He's going to preach to you, watch this, the revelation of the mystery. Now that's what people do not understand. There's the mystery which Christ preached. That's Matthew chapter number 13, Mark 4, Luke 8. You will see the mystery of the kingdom. That's what Jesus preached. But Paul preached the revelation of the mystery. The definition of the word truth. I'm going to say it in every camera. The definition of the word truth is the revealed word. Until the word of God is revealed, it's not truth. So you can't preach Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John for salvation. Why? Because it's not the truth. It's not the revealed word. It does not mean it's not true. But it's not called the truth. The word the truth is the revealed word. That's why in the New Testament, I'm going to show you what Jesus says. You're not saved until you know the truth. The truth is the gospel of Christ. Let me say it again. I'm going to say it to every camera. You're not saved until you know the truth. The truth is the gospel of Christ. The revealed word. So watch what Jesus is going to say to them. John chapter 8 and verse 31. Then said Jesus, those Jews who believed on him, if you continue my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth. Wait a minute. Why would Jesus tell them you shall know the truth when he was standing right there with him? Because Jesus, at that time, was the manifested word. John 1:14, and the word was manifested in the flesh. You cannot preach the manifested word and cause men to be saved. You can't preach him in the flesh and get people saved. You got to preach Christ crucified before people can be saved. You got to preach Christ's death, burial, and resurrection to, for people to be saved. Because until Christ died, he could not give you his life. Until Christ died, he could not give you his spirit. Let's keep going. Romans, John chapter 8. Watch what it says in verse number 32. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. All right, let's see. Let's see that the truth make him free. Look at two verses. Romans 8, we're going to come right back here. Romans 8, Romans 6, 18 and 22. 
Romans 6. Well, we're just, we're done with that. Let's do that. Romans chapter 6. You, you can read the rest of it. Romans 6 and verse 18. Let's see. Romans chapter 6. Let's see how they got free. Romans 6 and verse 18. Watch what it says. Being then made free from sin. Wait a minute. People told you you got to be baptized in water in Jesus' name to get rid of sin. That's not what that Bible just says. He told you whosoever the Son set free is free indeed. I read to you in John chapter 8. If the Son make you free, you're free indeed. Here it is, Christ died, buried, and raised again from the dead. What did he do? I read you that in Galatians chapter 5, verse number 1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty where with Christ, don't drop your cup, has made you free. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty, Galatians 5, 1, where with Christ has made you free. And don't be entangled again with the yoke of abundance. I read you that in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. I don't know, can we put that up there quickly and get right back? I'll wait for you. Galatians 5, 21. Galatians 5 and 1. Stand fast there, dear. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made you free. Let's go back to Romans chapter 6, verse 18. Now, if Christ made me free, why are you water baptizing me? If Christ made me free from sin, why are you baptizing me, Pastor? If he made me free, what did he make me free from? Here it is. Romans chapter 6, verse 18, and we're going to look at, we're going to read that verse down to verse 22. Being then made free. Can somebody read that for me? Because I'm telling you, that, that just, you can't, you this man said, I can be baptized in water in Jesus' name to be free from sin. But look what the word says. Being made free from sin. Being made free from sin. So when Christ died on the cross, guess what he did? He made me free from sin. And he made me the service of righteousness. Now, let's go down to verse 22 for time's sake. Let's go all the way down to verse 22. Because he's going to tell you again. That's what I like about God. Verse 22. But now, being made free from sin. Now, you got to be out of your mind to think you were saved by water baptism, and water baptism got rid of your sin. You was made free right here. When Jesus died on that cross, he made you free from sin. As a matter of fact, he died for your sin, didn't he? All right, verse 22 says, But now being made free from sin, you became the servants of God. You have your fruit to holiness, and now the end everlasting life. So what did this, what does baptism in water promise you? Everlasting life? I don't think so. And yet, Thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people are at church today believing they are saved by water baptism. They are deceived. Somebody got to blow the... Somebody got to sound their alarm. Somebody got to blow the trumpet in his eye. That's what I got to do. I got to tell you the truth. We're going to Romans chapter 8. You'll get eternal life. See, that's what the woman asked me this morning. Mother Patricia, love. She asked me a question, and the answer is this. If Adam and Eve had not eaten of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and they had a went and ate of the tree of life, they would have, Mother, lived forever. But since they ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, now sin entered into their hearts, condemnation entered into their hearts, death entered into their hearts. Now they needed a Savior. So Christ had to come now 
down the cross for their sin, defeat, destroy the devil and him that had the power of death because that's how they can get rid of death. Well, they had, he had to destroy him who had the power of death and that's the devil. And we know how the death got his power because of the law. So when you read Romans chapter 6, you'll see that you are dead to sin. When you read Romans chapter 7, you are dead to the law. All by the body of Christ. So when God puts you in Christ, he now says you are dead to the law. You're dead to sin. See? So look at Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. See, once you're in Christ Jesus, there's no more condemnation. There's no more judgment. There's no more sin. There's no more death. You're in Christ. Once God put you in Christ, there was no more death. It's just like Adam. I'm sorry, just like Noah. Once God put Noah in the ark, there was no death. Think about it. Once Noah entered that ark and shut the door, it was a type of him being in Christ. Once he got in that ark, there was nobody dying. There was no sin. No devil. None of that stuff was in the ark. See, once you're in Christ, there's no more condemnation. Well, what, what, what else is going on, Pastor? And then he said in verse 2, For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do. Now watch what he said. The law couldn't do it. John baptized with water, but it could not give you eternal life. John washed feet. The disciples washed Jesus' feet. Jesus washed their, listen, but it could not give them life. Jesus washed the disciples' feet, but it couldn't give them life. You can wash feet, but you can't give nobody no life. You can't sanctify nobody with no water. Verse 3 says, for what the law could not do. You need to go look that up. Two verses, I can't go to them today, but you can get a chance. You want to look at them. Two verses, what the law couldn't do. And that was Galatians 2.21 and Galatians 3.21. Galatians 2.21 and Galatians 3.21. We're not going through neither one of those today. But if you get a chance, look at those two. The law could not give life. The law could not give you the spirit. The law has not the spirit. So Romans chapter number 8. God sent his own son. What the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sent his own son in the likeness of sin for flesh. He came and condemned sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. Christ did that. Christ came and judged sin on the cross. Christ came and judged Satan on the cross. Christ came and defeated death on the cross. Christ came and fulfilled the law on the cross. That's why the victory is in the cross. Why did he do that? That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilling us who walk not the flesh, but out the spirit. Hey, my time is already gone. Let's get here. Because in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, this is how you say, by believing in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. Once you believe Christ died for your sins, Raised again for your justification. He was buried in your own place. Raised again for your justification. Listen, by grace now you are saved. Not of yourself, it is the gift of God. It's free. Receive it. My time is up, and I thank you for yours. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.